Welcome to Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. We join you this week after an emphatic Liverpool victory at Selhurst Park. Liverpool in seventh heaven, scoring seven goals against Roy Hodgson's side. I'm joined by a full complement of brothers today. I've got Matt, Fran, Pad and Andy and also special guest Seacull and Dad to enjoy and lather ourselves in a stupendous Liverpool victory. Matt, I mentioned that Liverpool were in seventh heaven, one of our highest ever results. It was just a a brilliant performance, which was characterised by clinical ruthless finishing wasn't it yeah James it was, it was awesome and all the goals were just majestic weren't they and and when I think back now I just don't know which goal was my favourite to be honest probably say the third goal was my favourite the uh, uh, the Bobby goal where he, where he controlled it and knocked it in and and there was there was a little bit of a perilous part in the in the first half an hour after we scored the first goal but then after that we were just completely plain sailing it was just an unbelievable performance unbelievable yeah, win Palace could have scored two or three goals in that first half, couldn't they? There's a couple of dangerous opportunities where had they had a bit more of a clinical finishing streak, Liverpool could have been in trouble. But just, James, I was so impressed about the Liverpool's ability this week just to finish off the chances. It seemed like every single chance we had, we just buried. I think when you've got world-class players, that that's what can happen. You know, you have a lot of games where you have chances and you, you, you don't hit the target or you, you're wasteful. But in that game, Dad... Liverpool just basically put everything to bed. Every opportunity they had, they scored, didn't they? Yeah, they did, really. But um, this all come about from the Tottenham game because that first half against Tottenham was the best football I've seen from Liverpool for a lot of years. There was chances made, but they were shooting against the goalkeeper. The big significant difference on Saturday is we didn't play anywhere as well as we did in that first half, but we were clinical with our finishing. And it was going to come with the ability we've got. It was going to come that some team was going to get a hiding. And it never really came last year or the year before, but it's bound to come. And I, personally, I don't think it's the last. There's a confidence running through the team now that they want to ensure that every Liverpool fan has a celebration of winning the Premier League, but they don't want to look at last year's. That it looks as though the front three are absolutely now all hitting top form. I mean, why, why do you think they've started to peak at this this time of the season? I don't think it's a significance of, of peaking when you've got players with durability. I think the reality is is that when you've got good footballers, it comes and that's what happens. And we've, we've said it a lot of times, if them three forwards hit it off in the same game, there's no team in the world that can stand with them. There's none. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is is that you generally don't see the three of them playing so well together. Now, I know they never played the three together because Taki was playing uh, and yeah. Mo, Mo came on later. But it doesn't particularly matter who's playing with them three up, the three forwards up front. If you've got that kind of forward running, you've got the full-backs pushing up the way we do and you've got Henderson sticky-bobbing all around the, the pitch, picking the ball up. Yeah, you're going to create chances and if forwards of their ability score goals then that's that's the real and that was the difference on Wednesday when we played Tottenham we had so many chances and they were really sausage shots and or miss hits or it was just in front of the goalkeeper yeah. what happened on yesterday was that we were absolutely clinical like 
Matthew just said. It's a good point though, because how many times have we had it where in games where Salah's missed a chance, so he's missed three or four chances, we keep saying, well, he's going to get one of them. But yesterday, every single shot just seemed to go in. I don't know what the stat was, Paddy, was it? Well, Eight keep... shots and seven, yes. seven goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, think about this, the keeper didn't even make a save. <laughs> it was that own goal one he saved, wasn't it? The one, the one that really went back, he saved it. Oh, it was like an own goal. One of the defenders knocked him back, wasn't it? That was the only oh, one he it, saved. it was that the one he saved, yeah. But yeah, it really was sort of a ruthless champion quality um, performance from Liverpool. Just ruthless in terms of goal scoring. I think the, the, the significance of the second goal for Mane, just to echo what Andy was saying before, actually in that first half, Palace didn't play too bad. Now, I know it was 3-0 at half-time, yeah. but they actually had a couple of decent opportunities and they were in the game for was, spells. Do you mean that chance where are you knocked it back and it, it, it just about missed their play? I think it might have missed Zaha. It's time, they could have got one in. I think that second goal... Yeah. It was flagged for offside, that, wasn't it? Don't yeah, but it wasn't actually offside. Yeah, yeah, so we actually well, showed... We had, these, we had games like that when we played in the Champions League where we went to Porto and the Roma one. We didn't play that well. We were just absolutely clinical with our finishing, and um, that's 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 the strength of any good side. When, when you over the years you see championship winning teams, they finish, they finish you off. The old Man United team, and I don't like talking about Man United on, on on this podcast with you guys, but they were clinical. You know, there was games where they didn't play well that they won four 0 and that's the making of a good side. And when Liverpool were an absolutely great side in the seventies and eighties. We, we didn't think we'd win, we just expected it. It was funny towards the end, I had yeah. to laugh. It sounds a bit harsh, but when I seen Roy Hodgson's interview, he looked pulverised, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. just couldn't, he couldn't speak. We just battered them so much. Well, he was smiling on the bench. Oh, were we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, were we, yeah. Yeah, he was a little mantra or something. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy, there's something about the alchemy that's going on now between the front three because Jot has come in and been absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, he's injured now, but it looks as though with a bit of time, there's an argument that the front three are actually responding to the threat that Jot has posed. It's been a bit of a proverbial kick up the backside for them because if one of them's not doing it, Jot is going to come in. But if you look at that match yesterday, Salah doesn't start, comes off the bench, scores two, sets one up. Mane is smarting after a, an improvement in his recent performances because he's taken off before the 60th minute. And then you come to Bobby Firmino. I mean, that was a brilliant man-of-the-match performance from him. So the signs are ominous, I think, for the for the other Premier League sides if those three are purring like they were on Saturday. Well, I was impressed with this today, and probably you guys all seen it as well. Uh, it was Tacky's running off the ball. He was actually making angles and, and making space. Now, if you've got forwards and midfield players making space, players of proven ability will punish teams. And I think when we've been struggling this season slightly, we've not been making them runs, but we were we were fresh and sharp. And Marnie's attitude when he came off, he knew it was party time. That's why he didn't, that's why he didn't want to come off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you can see the contrast, couldn't you? Well, on, on the bench when Bobby came off as well. Marnie was uh, sulking, and Bobby was um, Bobby was smiling, wasn't he? Well, that makes a good point about Tacky because I've slated him on the previous podcast, <laughs> but yesterday was a positive performance. 
He just looked a bit more lively. He must have been a bit more confident that Klopp decides to play him over Salah. But he did, as Dad said, he played well yesterday. But back, is... back to what you were saying, James, about the front three, I think the bulk of the destruction was done before Salah came on. You know, basically when Salah came on... It was happy days again, wasn't it? Well, he was just coming coming on to tear the rest of the carcass of Palace's defence, wasn't he, really? Yeah, because because Palace were absolutely hapless in that second half as well, weren't they? Completely yeah, hapless. But, but it was even said, though... You know, because these these lower sides are not used to playing two games in a week or three games, and obviously it showed with Palace, didn't it? Because they were just completely leggy in the second half, weren't closing down, weren't winning any second balls, so it made it a lot easier for us. Palace as well. Palace are not a rubbish team. So you think about it. They, I think did they played Tottenham last week. They had a difficult game against Tottenham. Or they gave them a good. Good game. So One all, wasn't I it? Was, I was a bit okay. concerned about the game against Crystal Palace. Twelve thirty kickoff. We played midweek, but just the way we dismantled dismantled a fairly good team was so impressive, wasn't it? I know we said that Crystal Palace had a few early chances in the first half, but, but it's notoriously difficult, isn't it, to play Palace away? They're always a, a tough team to play against, aren't they? It's, it's a very difficult yeah. place to go. It's always a tough place um, to go, Fran. But if actually, if you look at Liverpool's record, they've got a very good away record at Sellers Park. I mean, the last, for example, the last three games, just to take a snapshot, we've won two one, two nil, and two one. So actually, the sort of the the apprehension before the game, Matt, was probably more to do with the fact that our away record this season has been very poor because we've only got one away victory all season. You look at the games against Brighton and Fulham away, where we've had very poor results, one all draws. It was very important, wasn't it, against Palace yesterday, Matt, to start not only to win but to actually correct that away record as well because you can't win a championship with a poor away record. Absolutely, I think that's why it was so significant because hopefully now we'll start correcting that away form and, and hopefully we'll, we'll win most of our games away from home because that's what we kind of said last time, that, that the away form needs to improve to guarantee us to win the league, really, because obviously our home form is so, so imperious. So, so hopefully now with that victory... We can we can turn the corner away from home. Still say the Tottenham the Tottenham first half was the difference. I think when you got proven professionals, the standard of them is incredible. You know the top athletes, the skillful, the, all the things they can do. What we've got now in our side, we've got a swagger and confidence coming back, which sounds ridiculous when you're champions, but them little percentages make such a significant difference to top professional footballers. It's that difference. It's that 1% that wins your games. And I keep going back to the Man United team when we played, and we had a good side, but they were that 1% better. It was always, they could put that extra bit of sweat out, they could do that extra bit of skill, or they'd score the goal at the right moments. And that's the difference. And I honestly believe now that Liverpool are now coming to another level. They're coming to another level, and it sounds ridiculous when we were league champions we're Champions League winners and we're World Cup winners. It's not about winning 7 0 yesterday. It was that first half against Tottenham. I've never seen such a footballing performance for a long, long time. Probably, I remember a game against Nottingham Forest when we won, I think we won 5 0 or 5 1. Tom Finney, he had an interview on, on, on it was on Wednesday night, it was um, Sports Night with Coleman, and he said, That's the greatest football performance I've ever seen. This was from a great footballer. and. I got that vibe when I was watching that first half. I thought, this is incredible football. And it's insignificant that the goals wasn't going in. It was the way we were making the chances. And if you watch that first half again, and you look at the chances we had, we had as many chances 
in that first half that we probably had in the whole game against Crystal Palace. I think you're right to pick up on that, that actually, because to, to just look at it on the basis that it's a 2-1 you compare it to a 7-0, the Spurs game was a massive game. Look at what happens to Liverpool in the next game. Liverpool demolish Palace 7-0. Spurs lose 2-0 at home to Leicester. So I think they were a bit psychologically wounded by that match. We said that last week, that they might make them crumble after Fo- the Champions Fo- League final. Footballers know. Yeah, yeah. Footballers know when they've been beaten. Never mind about missing chances. Football's not always about missing chances and goals. It's about being beaten on the football pitch and, and knowing the fact. And I played amateur football, as you all know. I mean, really low standard. But when you play a team that's significantly better than you, even if you win, <laughs> you know the difference. So I was just, I was just laughing at the fact that you said that incredibly low standard. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> it was a park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was. In the local park. It's a fair point, though, because the Spurs game was a significant one. But let's talk about those goals very briefly. Great for Taki to get himself off the mark. I mean, that was quite a tidy finish, Fran, wasn't it? I mean, it looked as though he'd maybe taken an extra touch, but he, he slotted that away quite nicely, wasn't it? That was sort of the type of finish that you would have kind of expected from him when he was in a bit of rhythm in a Salzburg side. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a milestone, to be honest, <laughs> for, for Taki getting a goal. But I kind of, I was happy for him, to be honest, because it's like any Liverpool player, you want him to do well, don't you, when, when they come in. And yeah. I think he's had a bit of a difficult start. And I don't know if that's a combination of, of adjusting to the Premier League, to the, to the language, um, to what the, the, the current pandemic in terms of COVID. So I don't know if there's a few aspects towards why Taki's not really shown us some of the quality that he ha- he actually has got. He could have scored two as well in the second half, couldn't he, Frank? He could have, yeah. You know, what? That, that was a good chance. He had a great chance, didn't he, Taki, that he missed? Yeah, he could have scored two. I think Mane had another one as well. Yeah. Before yesterday, I hadn't seen anything from, from Taki. I didn't know what, what role he would play in the team. But as Dan alluded to, his movement off the ball was was, was so good. Yeah. You can see why he's been bought now, is for that movement to create space for the other guys. And he was all over the place and he, he created two of those goals without touching the ball. Yeah. Teddy McDermott used to do that. I'm not saying he's anywhere near Teddy McDermott standing because he was an incredible player, player for Liverpool. But he did the runs off the ball. And it's so significant if you're making them runs. It's incredible. But the last thing I want to say is that when Bobby did that pass for Marnie's goal, that pass he did was such an incredible piece of skill. It was like a dead kill ball. It was almost like he was playing a goal shot when he made it stop. If you watch the way he did that dead, it's like a dead still pass. His, His foot was almost flexible and he just... Let the ball go, and it was it was it was an incredible pass, incredible skill. It's not got the recognition because he he, he scored the chip goal and, and he scored his own goal, but that pass, for me, watching football, I loved that pass. It was well, incredible. Yeah, well, but if you look at Bobby yesterday as well, two goals, one assist, one key pass. Suddenly now he's starting to look at looking decent now. So for the season now in the Premier League, he's got five goals and three assists. So. So that's pretty much where he would be normally, I would feel, uh, at, at, at this stage. So he's, he really is starting to pick up as well. So I think it's good to, it's coming back to Taki. Coming back to Taki, it's good to have someone as a backup, isn't well, it? Maybe this selfless play has made more space for Bobby to get his moments where he gets the goals. So usually he's doing all that dirty work and then Salah yeah. and Mane get all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the goals applauded. Maybe having Taki in the team allowed Bobby to chip in a couple of goals. But even briefly, even the way he took his goal, 
like at first when the ball come to him, I was like, why you, why you shoot, why you shoot? This is split seconds whilst the game was on. But if you watch it again, he actually has the composure to dummy it and then to find the space to tip it a little bit. To shoot. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. thing. He was, he was a cool finish, wasn't he? For a player who's, who's not had much confidence, who's not had much games, who everyone's a little bit kind of thinking he's a bit hit and miss. Can he adjust to, to the English league? I thought he took his goal really well. He was unlucky with that chance as well because you watch it again. The defender came over like a banshee, so he was really coming from. So he, he had a millisecond. To, it wasn't as though it was a sitter. It looked like a sitter because he got onto it so quick. If you look at the way that tackle comes in, there wasn't much for him to hit because you know the defender was coming in like an exercise, wasn't he? I'm concerned though because he can't tackle. And he can't chase back. Well, he's so flimsy and so feeble when he's trying to get the ball back. So he needs to start demonstrating consistently to me that he can score and he can set up because he's not doing any defensive work. One more steps. No, 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 he is. He is, I think he is. He's covering spaces. Yeah. He's covering I, spaces. I keep saying yeah. in the way Liverpool play is, is, is that they're not a team that puts the foot through people. They kill spaces out. You know, we talked about Fab. You know, when I first seen Fab come into the team, he was a chess player. He was picking squares up. And, and it's an incredible skill to it. That's why we're missing Van Dyke. We're missing Van Dyke because we can forget about that left side. He, he takes about eight squares up of the football pitch because you know he's controlling it. Mm. So when you've got someone controlling the game, is that now what I think Klopp's going to do with people like Tacky and even, even Ox coming on. Ox came on and played well. He'd done a, a couple of good passes. He's yeah. controlling the space and winning the chess game. And that's, that's where I think Liverpool play. We all like to say, I like to see the big, strong tackle. I like someone gets, getting stuck in. But that's not the way we play. We control the game. And the reason why we've been struggling over the last few weeks, drawing 1-1 one, one and 1-1, one, one, we haven't got a grip of the game and we haven't took them apart. Liverpool are the, the, one of the only teams in the world you don't want to be chasing. Pep knows that. You give Liverpool a start and they'll run away with it. And if teams start coming at you, trying to chase the game they're not a good team to play against you know and that's what we thought against yeah. Villa well, we thought against Villa we, against Villa we thought that we'd, we'd take it apart well let's, let's let's hope it's a bit of a turning point over the next two games anyway you know winning, winning them last two games is, is a bit of a we've got, that cushion. To... we've got that cushion now as well five points ahead wow. just, hopefully this is the start of us now just four as before as we did last Christmas just turning on the turbo and just trying to stretch that gap because we're in good form. The Tottenham, as Tottenham victory, as Dad said before, it felt significant. And to go on the Saturday then and post such a, an incredible win, how, how must the other teams feel? Must feel deflated, the fact that we're just now starting to pick up form and on the horizon... We've got the players like Ox coming back and Thiago. So I know. We're only going to strengthen, aren't we? Yeah, as, I'm excited about Thiago. Eh? Yeah, that strengthening process is is you know these players are coming back now, which is making it more tasty. Because <laughs> the squad's been depleted, hasn't it? We've had a defensive crisis. We've had a midfield which has been patched up. So we've had Curtis coming in, haven't we? Who's done really well? He's, he's done really well. <laughs> Just get a bit of a consistent team. I think there's a likelihood. We could really stretch that a little. It'll be too optimistic. Andy, can I just say though, Curtis is still fourth choice mid- midfield at the moment, isn't he? No, well, it's interesting. <laughs> I think as soon as Ox is fit, by that I mean as soon as he's got ninety minutes under his belt, 
I think he comes in instead of Curtis. I'm not sure about that. I, yeah, I, I think Curtis is much more much yeah. more consistent than, 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 than Ox. The, pro- the problem with Ox, the problem with Ox, yeah. and that's why Wenger didn't play him in midfield, is that he's incredible going at players. If he goes at players and puts a shot, he's great. The problem with the Ox, he gives the ball away in really dangerous positions. And that's what Liverpool can't do. Because they're playing the game of controlling squares, if you give the ball away in, in certain positions, you, and that's what happens with Ox, he's got to stop doing that. And, and, and he won't be a top Liverpool player until he stops giving the ball away. He can't get a string of games together. No, he can't. What he, happens, can't. Yeah, he has glimpses, three or four games where he plays really well. And actually, Ox is now going to be a permanent feature in this Liverpool team. But then he just fades off, doesn't he? He has a couple of bad performances and then he gets injured. He's had terrible injuries, though, hasn't he, as well, Sue Furness? Yeah, so I just think that that's the problem that Curtis, coming back to him, James, the problem that he has is as soon as the, what we would call the first team midfielders come back in, is he not going to be banished to the, no. to the bench? No, no, because... the dark corners of that little he, bench? I think he's an option. He, I think he's more, more of an attacking option in that midfield. Then you've got a couple of holders, and then you've got different options for that number eight. If you want a bit of a, a dribbler, you might have Naby in there. If you want someone who's a bit who's going to take a shot, who's going to get into the box, you've got Curtis. If you are the same with Ox, is similar, a bit more pace. He's just got different options in that midfield once they're all fit. Naby so, can't dribble. <laughs> James, I was going to say, James, uh, James, I don't know what you thought, but I, I thought Naby played really, really well as well, didn't he? Yeah, I thought Naby had a bit of a slow start, a few curlers passes, a few of his uh, customary running down uh, dark alleys. But um, I thought as the game kind of wore on, obviously Liverpool were two or three up, I thought he just started to see the real Naby, you know, that confident ball progressor, who can see a pass. I mean, you remember for the fourth goal as well, Trent tees up uh, Hendo for the finish, but there's a great ball from Naby spreading it over from left centre over to Trent. So I think it's it's really worrying now for the rest of the Premier League because you've got, you've got Naby, you've got Ox, and you've got Thiago coming back. You've also got Curtis, who's proved himself to be a very, very quality uh, addition to the team so I think it's brighter skies for Liverpool I mean we're in a bad position at the moment I mean we're only four points clear at the top of the league we've got all these players to come back in I still think it's incredible how we've turned around that result against Aston Villa where we got beat 7-2 we can now that's banished now because of this result as well so 7-0 7-0 but I think the response still to that result has just been incredible and it's just shown how good the mentality and how good the spirit of this team is. It seems so to be that, whenever you set them a challenge, they'll rise to it. It's, and like, they, it's like when Leicester a couple of weeks ago, oh, they're going to be a tower risers, knock them down 3-0. Spurs come to Anfield, tower rivals, knock them down. We've got a bad away record, okay, we just won 7-0. It seems to be, give them a challenge and they yeah. seem to rise. Plus, plus, just to add to that, is the, the slow start against Fulham. Palace, we scored early. So, it's key, it's key. so there's another example of what just to echo what Paddy was saying is when we are questioned about certain things, you know we we answer we answer by getting an early goal, starting off a little bit quicker. Yeah, you've got a per- perfect storm though now, and because you're just saying you're a perfect storm because you've got the front three who are all firing, purring, and then you've got all the midfielders coming back. Uh, you know, you look at the fixtures we've got next. As you know, we've got eight days off, seven days from now before we play West Brom at home. 
Got to got to face a sweaty chin Sam Ardice himself, with twelve men behind the ball. Homage to a Mourinho, and then we've got Newcastle away, uh, Southampton away, and then we've got Aston Villa away in the FA Cup on the eighth Friday, the eighth of January, which is an opportunity, obviously, to to banish those memories. So I think things are coming together now, and you've got the adversity that we've been through to to still be in this position, and now looking forward i think andy we're gonna i think we're really we're really in a brilliant position to try and drive home this advantage yeah it fills me with a bit more extra confidence that because i hadn't realized that that string of fixes that you've just relayed to us they're they're all winnable games aren't they if you can build up let's say a win of five or six games in the premier league you really can this season this season you really can push yourself ahead of the rest it just seems to me that we just need to just maintain that consist- consistency now. And if we get a bag of five wins, we're going to be in a, an enviable position, aren't we, I think? Well, you've got to remember, James, just remember last season was a freak league. We were so far clear. And even the season before, when you had City and Liverpool going for it, they do two strange leagues. It doesn't usually happen. This is a normal league, this. This is a normal league where the best team's going to win the league and I think Liverpool they've lost one game and if you had to, if you had to listen to the team talk what Klopp would have said after that 7-2 defeat he would say sit down champions <laughs> that's all you need to say and that's that's what we ha- we needed to get that out of our system because it was important to understand that you're only as good as your last performance and the old Liverpool like again with Paisley what, you know the stories with him and Fagin, where they never got the medals, they were just thrown in a box and thrown to the table at the start of the season. There's your medals from last season. <laughs> crack well, on, crack on the season. <laughs> and in some ways, it's not going to be like that. But that, you know, that team talk or that motivation of that 7 2 defeat is sometimes what you need. And what we need this season is Liverpool just to play consistently well. And we know, we all know when Liverpool are playing well. Because you, you, and I've heard Matthew say it, I've heard Andrew saying it, you're all saying it, we're going to score. You can smell it. Yesterday, you couldn't really smell it in the first half because there was three goals out of nothing, really. But in the Tottenham game, I thought, we're going to score here. Every time we attacked, I thought we were going to score. And that is what Liverpool are really firing, or any good teams firing. The Barcelona teams, the Brazil teams the old Holland team, the Ajax team, the, the Liverpool team, you just know they're going to score. You know you're going to score. But that third goal as well, if you look at that third goal, Dad, I mean, that that was a quintessential Liverpool goal under clock, wasn't it? I mean, you see Firmino pick the ball up. I'm screaming, get it away. He feeds it out to Robbo. And Robbo, have you watched the footage again? I mean, he's absolutely galloping for him down that left wing. Complete lightning strike of a goal. And then Robbo kind of just puts this perfect arcing ball into Firmino. Mane just slightly pulls off to the right. Firmino's touch is sublime. And then the finish is just unbelievable. So it looks as though, you know, the team of the last two seasons is back. Well, we're missing Van Dijk, of course, and Gomez. But at the end of the day, I think we're better. And what I see at the end of that game, never mind about being incredibly great footballers, seen an enjoyment and I tell you what you get Liverpool enjoying their football you don't want to be playing them 
You don't want to be playing them. <laughs> you don't, I tell you. It's a fun free. They they look like well, apart from Marnie, he was a bit sulky, wasn't he? But they but but they were all like <laughs> sour. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. Yeah, of course. Because he it didn't was. want to come off. Yeah, of he course. Wasn't, it was. He wasn't tired. He didn't want to come off. He wanted that. That's what you want. <laughs> you want your players to be on the pitch. Yeah. James, we were just mentioning uh, the, the Bobby goal then, and you mentioned Robbo as well. I think it's quite important just to mention him briefly because I thought he was outstanding. He's had 28 assists now. Yeah. One behind De Bruyne. He's absolutely quality. He's such an instrumental player for Liverpool at the moment. And that ball again into the box for Bobby was just was just Yeah. Quality. What's so good about Robert though I find is that he's just Mr. Consistent. I know the whole Liverpool machine is consistent, but Robbo churns out week in, week out, just eight or nines out of ten. He's so he's unbelievable at the back. And yet he's so potent going forward. It just he is. I don't know if Fran said this, but he's my player of the season so far because he just demonstrates each week what this clock team is like. He's the best left back in the world. Yeah, I don't think that's. Um, we had that discussion, didn't we, during the game? And and, and James should probably agree with me on this. What we were saying about Robbo, it's very difficult to say he's the best fullback in the world when we don't when we physically don't watch all the all the football throughout the leagues. I know what you're saying. I only watched Liverpool match. James said Roberto Carlos didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> does he does he still think he's playing? He still think he's playing some sort of Brazilian James, he I, I he retired twenty years ago, Roberto Carlos. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I normally at the end of a pod ask to, for score predictions for West Brom, but actually I um I just want you to all give me uh, a pa- this this time a pass estimate for Thiago. If um, if Thiago starts against West Brom and Sam Allardyce parks the bus, and I mean none of his players are getting out their own half, how many passes is Thiago going to rack up? I'm going for eight fifty. Eight fifty. That'll be a world record. Then he managed to get something really impressive against Everton, even though got record seventy, was it, Pat? Yeah, on, on eighty five, like was it? And he only played half the game. So I think it was seventy odd. Yeah. Against a low block Chelsea, team, wasn't I can it? only imagine what he's going to be like with spraying the ball around. So yeah, I think eight hundred and fifty James. A, it's a sensible and balanced guess. Is he fit? Is he fit though? I, I thought this was a serious question because I was going to come up with like one, three, two. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the serious point about this is that apparently Thiago's going to return to full training this week. And if he's going to be fit for the West Brom game, or if he's not fit for the West Brom game, for the games that are coming up, you are er-dropping into that team a world-class midfielder. And Dad was talking about control earlier, and that's exactly how this Liverpool team play. Thiago is you know, a control merchant. He's someone who allows you to, to, to have massive tactical advantages because of the way he moves the ball around the pitch. So <laughs> it's just a mouth-watering prospect. He can't play until January the 1st when the transfer window opens. Well, it feels like that, doesn't it? Klopp's been saying that. We're playing the world team, isn't he? Didn't Klopp mention that? Yeah. He's picked for the FIFA team, wasn't oh, he? FIFA team, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Didn't Klopp mention that in it? one of his interviews? That there's a yeah. running joke at the moment yeah. that he's a, a January signing. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how much <laughs> of an impact he's had on Liverpool fans because he's only managed to game to, to rack up and tally up ninety minutes in total, and yet he's got this this effect on Liverpool fans at the moment where we're thinking 
He's going to be. Well, you see what he did against Chelsea. Transform the city. Yeah. You see what he did against Chelsea, and you see what he did against Everton. Listen, he, uh, he's he, he's still eighth. He's yeah. eighth choice in my opinion at the moment. Thiago. <laughs> he's behind. Uh, he's behind Lily <laughs> at the moment. Uh, well, that's another point. Whether you he's got to prove himself. You nah. throw him in. He's been out for quite a while now, and you've got this midfielders yeah. who are working quite well at the moment. Does Thiago come in? Well. Perhaps for 20 minutes, if he's fit, you play him. But I think that's a significant part about it as well. There's coming into this busy period now, there's strength in reserve, isn't there? With yeah. the players that are coming back. The thing is, with Klopp, as you all know, he'll pick his best team. There's no sentiments. And you're talking about Jones and people like that. It's our opinions who we think the best midfielders. What Klopp will do, he'll pick the best players for the game we have to play. Based on training and things well, like whatever. that. Well, whatever. And I, I, I trust in him. And if he thinks Thiago's going to improve, he'll bring him in. He'll bring him in. Yeah. And if he needs to bring a centre-half in and bring, bring Fab into midfield, because what we're all... Well, you're not forgetting as well. Significantly, Fab's playing incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah but, but, but we're missing him in midfield. Yeah. And that sounds ridiculous because... Henderson's playing so well. I've seen the analysis on Match of the Day where they were, where they were looking... And you've already talked about this. I've heard you talk about it. Where Henderson, the way he picks the, the areas up for the full-backs and he slides across. And yeah. you can see he's picking areas up. And, and I still say it with Liverpool, they're picking areas up. And once you control them areas and win that second ball... Liverpool are not a good side unless you win his second and third balls. And we wasn't doing that against Brighton and we wasn't doing it against Fulham. Yeah. We was doing it against Tottenham. Yeah. We're doing it yesterday as well. Significant, yeah. Before we wrap things up then, guys, um, score predictions for West Brom next week. Jurgen Klopp versus Sam Allardyce. It's either going to be 0-0 or 5-0. No, oh, just, yeah. just, James, three, just, just, just a win. I'm going to go for 8-0. <laughs> <laughs> I'd settle for 1-0. Yeah, I think if we score one... It's what Henderson said and Klopp said. It's about the next game. You know, do you get more points... Winning two one or seven nil, <laughs> you don't. Well, three the goal difference goes. Up. The goal difference goes up. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's three points, and that's what won us the league, and that's what gives us the chase we do. I'm thinking, and that's when we we lost the league under um, Rodgers, is we couldn't pick them points up at the end, could we? We couldn't. We didn't have to beat Chelsea. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Three points, three points, three points. Absolutely, guys. Thanks very much for joining me this week. Uh, Liverpool now, as I said earlier, four points clear at the top of the Premier League table after 14 uh, Premier League games. West Brom on the weekend. The players will be fresh. The front three are purring. What a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Check us out on Twitter at BrothersRed5 and uh, enjoy your Christmas week. Up the Reds. Happy Christmas. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when uh, describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs>